Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a Therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. This is Center Solutions, and unfortunately, Christy is not joining us in the studio today. At the time of this recording, Christy is away enjoying the arrival of her new grandbaby, so we wish them well. But Melanie and I are here, yeah. and we have a special guest with us, Molly Murphy, with Big Brothers, Big Sisters. And on the agenda today is the importance of volunteering. And I think that Big Brothers, Big Sisters is a very unique organization and a perfect example of why it's important to volunteer. So welcome, Molly. Thanks for coming in today. Well, thanks for having me. Tell us what Big Brothers, Big Sisters is and how long you've been working with them. Um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters offers one-to-one mentoring to children, matching them with a caring adult role model, give them an extra friend in their lives. You know, we all can use a friend, gives us some support, somebody who will be there for us, won't judge us, and help us through things. I've been with the agency for almost three years now, and it's great watching those kids the first time they come so shy and and worried and they're not sure why they're there. Then I see them when they're matched with their big. And that's a very exciting day for them. And then I get to watch them grow and become mm-hmm. these great little human beings because mm-hmm. they have their confidence soars and they and, know they have somebody in their corner. And when you say the big, that is the adult role model for the child. The the adult are is the role model for the child, but you know it's funny. They every single one of our volunteers will come in talking about, I want to be here and do something for a child, mm-hmm. and then they'll get matched and spend some time with their little, as we refer to them, and pretty soon they'll fess up to us that they're actually getting as much, if not more, out of the relationship. I think that's always that that tends to always be the case with mm-hmm. volunteering. You go in and you're thinking you're going to help others and you realize how much it helps you. Right. So, is it just adults? What are the ages? We serve children 5 to 15. Actually, they can be in the program through high school if they're matched when they enter high school, they can stay in the program until graduation. Our bigs are mm-hmm. for anywhere from ages 15 to 87. Oh, wow. Because we have uh, the after-school program where high school students can volunteer. Mm -hmm. We have the community-based program where you take your little out and about in the community and just go and do fun things, you know, walk the mall, go play basketball, whatever. Um, And there's also our school-based program where we ask our volunteers to spend 45 minutes a week at school with their little, and they just spend one-on-one time, whether it's, you know, going to the library, playing on the playground, whatever. In return for that, MISD has discovered that by allowing the little and bigs to get together during the school day, in return, they get a child that is better behaved in the classroom and scores 
higher on the scholastic average than they had previously. Wow, that's great. That's a good example of how that can tie into mental health. Molly, you've seen it firsthand. How have you seen the importance of of an adult volunteering for a child? How does that affect the child's mental health? It is mind-boggling in today's world what some of these children face. And they are faced by, you know, being bullied by fellow students. They're worried about a classmate bringing a weapon to school. A lot of anxiety in our kids, for sure. A lot of anxiety. And a great example, too, is that we had one little um, who the first time he had a bed was when his big gave him one, when his mother-in-law passed away. Up until then, this young man was sleeping on a pile of clothes on the floor, was had a dad who didn't involve wasn't involved in his life, a mother who didn't know how to connect with a boy, and his big was able to step in and give him that support and guidance just by being his friend. Mm-hmm. And give us some examples of some of the things that a volunteer would do with a little. You know, it's simple everyday things. For example, in the school-based program, we have one big and her little who they go to the library. They decide if there is a country they might want to visit one day. And they go to the library, get on a computer, and research that country. And they've made a whole book of destinations they'd like to go to. That's awesome. And we have another, you know, we have bigs and littles who go play basketball. We, you know, spend time at the Y because if a big takes their little to the Y, the little gets in free. And um, they can go play basketball, do whatever. They can go, you know, window shopping at the mall. Hey, the ladies can go get a mani-pedi. Mm-hmm. And the important thing is, for example, the high school kid- kids – We'll get community hours okay. for being a big as well. All we ask is a year's commitment because well, we don't want to disappoint those kids. It sounds like this is a great way for all ages of people to remove themselves a little bit from social media, mm-hmm. right? It sounds Definitely. like a lot of active interpersonal communication, which is something that is always lacking in our society. We talk about that a lot here. So what a great program to encourage that. Yeah, it gives a ki- the kids love having somebody to actually talk to. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, the big may be texting back and forth with the mom if it's okay to pick up the little on whatever. But having somebody to talk to, tell them what's going on that day at school, on what's going on in your, in your life, dreams, or what do you think about this? And we have one little who's told his bigs that, he inspires him to excel at everything he does. Another little who told her big that sent her a Valentine card telling her that she helped her become a a unique and better version of herself by helping her make better decisions. That's good feedback from kids. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, Melanie, what is the importance of being a volunteer? What does that mean for centers? How important is it for you guys to have volunteers? Um, well, we are we have a little different program. Uh, it does benefit kids. It's called Kids First. Um, it's very unique. It doesn't take a lot of time. It's about two hours 
a week or a couple nights a week or on a weekend. Basically, it's a supervised visitation and exchange program. And um, we just provide a safe place for kids to have that interaction with the parent, non-custodial parent, that for whatever reason has is not able to see them unsupervised. Or sometimes it's not really court-ordered. Sometimes it's parents that are being reunified with their kids. There's different scenarios. Um, and, of course, with an exchange, it's a great way for kids to be dropped off in a neutral setting so that they don't have to see any uncomfortable confrontations between the parents. It's really a great program. I think. Um, more than anything, it's easy. It's not a lot of interactive, but our volunteers sit with these families. They're, they're kind of separated, but they're just sort of supervising the visit. And, um, I think there's a tendency to think we might be helping a bad person, quote unquote, bad person or a criminal. But really what you're doing is you're helping the child. Mm-hmm. You're just making sure that they're safe, there's security on site and cameras. It's a great, simple vol- way to volunteer, but it's uh, it's not as interactive. But mm-hmm. still, it's uh, you could actually be saving a child's uh, life. I mean, I I don't know. We there's a there's a case that I always look at and talk about that happened. It's and I'm I'm a big crime junkie fan and so there's a a case in which um there was a man and he had supervised visitation, but the way that they did this in his area, a social worker would bring the kids over to his house. And you know, sometimes it's a parent, sometimes they entrust a grandparent and that's a lot of responsibility on somebody that's not trained. Um but anyway the social worker comes over, brings the children and the dad pulls the kids in and sets the house on fire. It was a pretty famous case. And the social worker is just standing outside calling 911. It's a horrible scenario. And really, that's why we love what we do, because we prevent anything like that from right. happening. Um, it just, there's no possible way. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. And studies have shown that the continued relationship, regardless of whatever the case is, uh, parent, from parent to child really um, helps the well-being. Sure, and it benefits their mental health. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It, they need that connection right. no matter what. They'll always, I mean, kids love their parents no matter. No matter, no matter what, it's still mom and da- mom or dad. All right. And that's the important part, no matter how that relationship may appear to us. Yes. It's still important to them. You know, some of our kids, their their parents just don't know how to interact or whatever, but... You know, you want to help them. We had one little call her mentoring specialist at the office because she was afraid her mom was going to commit suicide. Wow. Yeah, these kids shouldn't have this burden. Exactly. And we help them have that friend so they can't. But studies show that they are 42% less likely to try drugs, 27% less likely to try alcohol, and 52% less likely to skip school when they're in our program. That's really awesome. Those are great yes. statistics. They yeah. Are. And we have a couple of facts here that prove how important it is to volunteer and how that really improves your mental health whenever you do volunteer. Some of the examples are volunteering builds community. I think that all, all three of us here are in nonprofits, so we've seen just how important community is in our organizations. 
and volunteering helps combat loneliness. I can really talk about this because the recording library, we record printed materials into audio for the visually impaired. The blind community are often very lonely. They're isolated due to their condition. So the importance, we, sh- we run on volunteers. We, we absolutely could mm-hmm. not do it without, without volunteers. So we're, we're not government funded. We're all privately funded. So the having volunteers that keep coming back is extremely important for us to be able to continue our mission. Let's talk a little bit about some of the struggles we have with volunteering. With us, it's hard because there might be a requested book that someone who is visually impaired has requested and you it's hard for a volunteer to start that book and then not come back because the blind community they really want the same voice throughout the book which makes complete sense and so we we try to ask for at least two hours a day and we're very lenient with our scheduling however it's hard because someone might get halfway through a book and then they move or like you were saying Molly they just they switch positions or something that they didn't expect what are some of the struggles that you've seen Molly yeah we do everything we can to try to reach out to find those volunteers um like the recording library we would cease to exist without volunteers right but we have our two primary problems are that we ask them to make a year's commitment and oftentimes, especially folks who work in the oil business, um, they come in, they volunteer and they're good. They tell us they've, their bosses have said, you're not going anywhere for at least two years. And then six weeks later, they walk in the door and say, I'm supposed to be in Houston on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Um, of course, the last thing we want is to disappoint that child but we know things happen. We also have a problem recruiting guys. We do Nationally, too. guys right. just don't volunteer to mentor. Mm-hmm. It's a scary thing. When we go to events, I don't know how many times I hear, you want me to take care of a child? Oh, you, you don't want me to take care of a child. You know, mm-hmm. But it's not taking care of a child. It's Yeah, you're not their babysitter. <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not, you're just being a friend. Right. You, what, you can't go out and throw a football? Mm-hmm. And then I know in our community-based program, we ask for six to eight hours a month. In the school-based program, it's 45 minutes a week. And people say they just don't have the time. Right. And yeah, we have trouble recruiting males also. And a male voice is very important to our organization because a lot of times um, when someone is visually impaired, it is harder for them to hear female voices due to the tone range. So that's something we try to push is we need male voices simply because the lower undertones and stuff make it easier for the visually impaired community to hear those voices. So that's it's, a, I had no idea. Right. That's yeah. Good to know. Yeah, that's something that you don't think about, right? And then it makes exactly. sense. Yeah, like, you know, if you have if you have a visual impairment, sometimes you also have a hearing impairment. So if you have those very high pitched tones, it's harder for them to process those words. So it's hard for us to keep male volunteers so well we struggle with the same thing right it's it's difficult and a lot of it is people everyone's busy you hear it all the time everybody's really really busy and it's hard to uh it's hard to kind of understand what the changes have been throughout the decades and why volunteerism is is becoming less and less of a priority it, it it's a 
burden people try to figure out how to schedule. But if they would just do that scheduling, you know, we have bigs that have, we have one gentleman, he's a lawyer for an oil company. He's married, has three kids and is involved in several different organizations on boards and different things. But he still finds time to spend that six to eight hours a month or more with his little because it's just a matter of scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's wanting to make that commitment, I think, is and showing these folks that it's just h- giving people a helping hand. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays into another fact here that we have, that it, volunteering improves self-esteem. I know personally when I volunteer, I feel better about myself. I know you guys probably feel the same way. I know you volunteer a lot, Melanie. I do. And it's, um, I think when I start to feel really down or sad, it's something that immediately I want to go and volunteer. I like to volunteer at Breaking, Breaking Bread Kitchen. And it just pulls you out of yourself a little bit, gives you a chance to bond with the community, help others. I think it does wonders for your mental health and well-being, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's lifting. It's so lifting. And we have so many nonprofits in Midland. People don't realize we have one of the highest nonprofit rates per capita. It's <sighs> Yes. There's so many options for you out here that if you can try them out too and see if it's a good fit or not. And I encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast, just try them out. We're, we're not scary. We don't bite, right? <laughs> and we'll let you try it out because you never know. You also, like you're saying, Melanie, you never know if you, you might love going to volunteer for Breaking Bread or Big Brothers, Big Sisters. We have those opportunities where you can just come and check us out. We can Absolutely. give tours. You know, we're very open all the time for new volunteers. I know. People are worried about being matched with a child. What if it doesn't work? We have a trained staff of professionals. Their whole job is matching children with those caring adult role models. It's all based on personality and things you like to do. But, you know, if it doesn't work, then we know we have to make adjustments and so forth. And they're there to help. Right. That's their job. So take us through that process, Molly. Let's say that I wanted to be a big sister. What would I do? First thing is we just get some basic information, contact information, so forth. And the first step would be to bring you in for an interview with one of the mentoring specialists. Um, people get a little hyper when they realize those interviews can last an hour and a half to two hours, but it's quite simple. Um, they're going to get to know you as well as they possibly can mm-hmm. because the better they get to know you, the better the match they can make with the child on personality traits and what you like to do. Um, the next step is they will analyze put information into our database, analyze the information they've gleaned from that interview, and then they'll review the children on our waiting list, uh, which are, I never can change this figure, no matter what, always seems to be 100 children on the waiting list, Um, and find what they think is the best match for you. After that, they will talk to the mother of the child, describe you, see if that works for them, and then get the two of you together to meet. I'd also forgot that tantamount to us is the protection of the child. So we'll also ask you for three references, and we're going to do a multi-level background check on you. 
prior to being matched with a child. Sure. And give you some training as well. Great. And we have some really, I'm, I'm reading through these facts that you provided, Melanie, and I'm really interested about, it says volunteering burns belly fat. Tell us about that. Yes, <laughs> I saw that and I was like, okay, maybe this gets people in. Um, well, it's just a matter of getting up and moving. I mean, we all sit, a lot of us, not everybody, but so many of us, with, this is what we do all day. We sit, we're at our computer, we don't get up a lot, we have... Now, uh, Apple Watches and Fitbits that tell us, hey, you need to get up. So this is a great way to get yourself going and moving. Uh, not every volunteer opportunity is a lot of movement, but at least you have to move to get there, right? I sure. mean, I think it sounds like Big Brothers Big Sisters has a lot of opportunity for activity. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Which is great. Yeah. Um, right. You're getting out of your house. You're getting out of your house. You're getting out of your comfort zone, which I think is, is really great. Um, one of the things that... Uh, really strikes me um, because I've talked to other to people in oil companies that have moved here. Uh, we've talked about this in other podcasts, how people that come here and they don't already know people, they tend to get isolated. And I think we live in a society that is uh, it condones isolation a little bit unintentionally. We have Netflix. We have order your groceries. We have a lot of things that we can do right from our phone. So it's easy to get uh, wrapped in your own little world, which is a, which incites depression and anxiety. So volunteerism is a great way to make friends because making friends is not an easy thing to do when you move somewhere new. And it's that whole, where do you meet people? Where do you meet anybody? And hey, this is a great way to do that without any pressure. Um, it's just you know, somebody has it. It's a structured setting, so it's great. It's, it's you're going to meet people if you volunteer, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I see here it also can help combat dementia, and that can go along with promoting longevity and graceful aging. I know that we have a lot of fantastic retired seniors in our community who are, you know, retired teachers or um, lawyers, just very highly educated individuals in our community. And I wish that we could reach out to them more because I think that they're a great benefit to our community. Volunteering plays into your mental health, especially if you are a senior, because that goes along with feeling isolated a lot. If you are a senior, you're home by yourself a lot. Um, yes. or You know, you can't you don't really get out as much as you used to, but you're still you have a lot of experiences to share. And I think that that's that's a great opportunity for big brothers, big sisters. You have you have a lot of great stories to share, right? We, we do. You know, I recently spoke with a group at Senior Link to see if I could recruit some volunteers. And they were just, you know, giggling and, ah, you don't want me. I'm 87 or whatever <laughs> years old. I said, are you kidding? Of course we want you. You know, the, the knowledge and the stories and the history that you have to share with a little person is amazing. Yes. You know, we we have a tendency to leave our history behind, and it's something we need to learn more from. Yes, definitely. And volunteering can help with a job search. I know employers, they love to see that you volunteer on your resume. Absolutely. I mean, just it shows that you are a go-getter. People feel like you you have some drive. You care Mm -hmm. about your community. All of those things drawn to uh, the picture that employers really like to see. Mm-hmm. So, and I've, no- plus. I've noticed 
a shift in Midland about uh, corporate philanthropy and that is kind of a new trend. I know like Meals on Wheels, I think that they have um, they have oil field companies that are it's like mandatory for some of their employees to do Meals on Wheels. Yeah. So and just oh, my goodness. Think if we if each oil field company made it mandatory to volunteer for each of our organizations, we'd have a lot of it covered. <laughs> well, I know that there are some that incentivize uh, and they incentivize uh, monetarily. Mm. Uh, it's pretty cool. We've learned a lot about that. So yes, we like the the philanthropic trend because it's money is wonderful. We always love money as nonprofits because we need that to survive. Also, but time time is super important, and some of our programs really cannot continue to exist without uh, people sharing their time. So that's critical. Mm-hmm. Yes. What if we have a child who needs a mentor, a, a big Pretty close to the same process. All you need to, is to reach out to us and we'll have you and your child in to talk with that mentoring specialist. We're going to get to know the child in an interview with them. And then we're going to talk to you and see what some of your goals and dreams for your child, what you feel are some challenges your child may have that the big may be able to work on with them. And then we also give them training before the match as well. And where are you guys located? We're at 714 West Louisiana. And that's in Midland, right? Correct. Just also, uh, We share an Odessa location. That's too. right. And we also have a satellite office in Odessa as well. So we have just a school-based program okay. in Odessa. Okay. Right now, that's fairly new for us, and we're trying to grow it over there yes. until we get at add community based. It's that sort program. of a shared spaces concept there. Okay. At Connections Church on forty two forty one Tanglewood. And so Centers oh. has a location there. Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Nonprofit management. Yes. And then Permian Playhouse. That's that's, neat. A gr- that's it's good. great. They the church took over a new building and decided that they had this extra space and they could add this you know, add this portion that would help the nonprofits in the area. That sounds great. Molly, how many littles do you have that are in need of bigs right now? Yeah, it always seems to be just about 100 littles. 100 pending littles that need bigs. That's a lot. Always. You know, we I make a big stride on getting lots of volunteers, and then we do, then we go to meet the teacher night at the school. And just that evening at meet the teacher night, I came back to the office with 15 15 new littles for us. There's never a shortage of littles. We just have the shortage of volunteers. And we want to just scoop them up and help all of them. Molly, I want to thank you for coming in and talking with us today. I hope that after hearing this podcast, you will consider being a big with Molly in her organization. How can we contact you, Molly, if we're interested in volunteering? Certainly. All you have to do is call us. That number is 432-687-0195. Or you can go to our website to find out more. That's www.bbbspermianbasin.org. And there are forms to volunteer. You can just find out more about volunteering there. And are you guys on Facebook? Yes, we have Facebook as well. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Molly. Thanks, Molly. Thank you, ladies, for having us. 
Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis and Abby Wiggum. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library, 432-682-2731. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.